The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are really glad to have you with us today, and, and, and I love to listen to our intro, because I get something out of it every time I listen to it. You know, I've heard it many, many times over the last three years, but I get something out of it. And, and this week, life is an adventure, and, and we're supposed to be guides, and this week we're kind of needing a compass. <laughs> As we walk and a map. Through, and a map, and maybe a, a tour guide. But no, <laughs> the re- reason I'm saying that is, the, let me give you a little bit of a story of how topics usually come up on our show. Right, you, you might think that we set and we have you know the next eight weeks planned out, but God doesn't tend to do that with us. God tends to say, okay, we're going to get through this week, and then we're going to lay another topic on one of our hearts, and then we flesh it, out, or flesh it out during the week, talking about it on the phone, back and forth, talking about clips, and usually by the time that we get together to have the show, we're at a pretty relatively clear place. And that's not really been the story this week, has it, Robbie? <laughs> not even close. Great conversation. I mean, now you and I have talked on the phone, Robbie. We've talked on the phone. And now we've had some good conversation around the topic. Great conversations, but it's still a moving target. It is. It is because I think we're all in a different place looking at it. Right? I mean, we're all chasing the wild goose. We're all following the Holy Spirit. We're all looking to find God in different and deeper ways to walk more intimately with him. But this is the first time we've kind of come at a topic from really th- three different distinct vantage points. Yeah. It sounds like your mic went dead. It did. It did for a minute. Maybe I lost my <coughs> voice. You know, it'd be, it maybe maybe that was really important to say it. <coughs> well, anyway, what, uh, you know, we're just coming from three different distinct Are you hearing points. it now? Okay, I am. yeah. It's... I am. I am. So what I want to do first is I want to go to a clip, and it's a clip that we've used in the past, but what God often does is he takes a clip and he kind of turns it around and shows us something new. Each time it's kind of like reading some passages in the Bible, and I am not comparing a secular movie to the Bible. That's not what I'm doing, but I'm saying that if you let God open your eyes, you see things afresh. And so we're going to listen to the clip, and we're going to come back and kind of talk about where God has us at the moment with that clip and kind of go from there. I began writing what they call a mission statement. Not a memo, a mission statement. You know, a suggestion for the future of our company. A night like this doesn't come along very often. I seized it. What started out as one page became 25. Suddenly, I was my father's son again. I was remembering the simple pleasures of this job. How I ended up here out of law school. The way a stadium sounds when one of my players performs well on the field the way we are meant to protect them in health and in injury. With so many clients, we had forgotten what was important. I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And I'm not even a writer. I was remembering even the words of the original sports agent, my mentor, the late, great Dickie Fox, who said, The key to this business is personal relationships. Suddenly, it was all pretty clear. The answer was fewer clients. Less money. 
more attention, caring for them, caring for ourselves and the games too, just starting our lives, really. Hey, I'll be the first to admit it. What I was writing was somewhat touchy-feely. I didn't care. I have lost the ability to both. It was the me I'd always wanted to be. I took it in a bag to a copy mat in the middle of the night and printed up 110 copies. Even the cover looked like the catcher in the rye. I entitled it, The Things We Think and Do Not Say. The Future of Our Business. So Robbie, as, as you listen to that, and you did a great job cutting that clip in many, many ways, um, as you listen to that, what, where's God take your heart on that particular clip? Yeah, the topic that we had discussed was right. why do I do what I do? Absolutely. And so as I listen to that clip, I remember all too well um, that I was the general manager of Crown Dodge. My first time I got to be a general manager after working 30 years in the car business, I finally got my shot at the top and my shot was to be the general manager of Crown Dodge. And after eight months, the place was totally failing. We weren't selling any cars. Our customer satisfaction was in the ditch and it looked like my career in the automobile business was over. And I had a Jerry Maguire moment. I actually went out in the field and I began to pray, even though I had no relationship with God. I wasn't even a Christian, but I did know I needed some answers. And somebody told me once in a sermon I heard that I could hear from God. And so I went out there with an expectation to hear from God. And in the middle of the next morning, it's still in prayer, I heard from God. And God said, Robbie, when it's all said and done, it's not going to matter how many cars you sell or what your customer satisfaction (laughs) index is. What's going to matter is how many people you really helped. And I, all of a sudden, like Jerry Maguire, I understood my business. It was, it it had been simplified for me. I had a mission statement and I went back to the, did this sales meeting and I said, listen guys, I've talked to God. Well, they thought that was the funniest thing they'd ever heard in their life to think that Robbie Dillmore of all people would ever (laughs) talk to God. You got to be kidding me. This guy uses a cuss word every other second. After all, I'm a car salesman now, you know, and and so here I was in the sales meeting. I said, here's the, here's the plan, guys. We're not going to try to sell cars anymore. We are going to try to help people. I don't want to hear about, oh, I can close them. I want to hear all the, the usual hubbub. What I want you to do is go out and wait on your customer today, and I want you to figure out how to help them. Now, if that means you don't sell them a car, I'm good with that. If that means you take them over to Crown Nissan, I'm good with that. Whatever it is that you've got to do to help that customer, that's what I want you to go out and do today, and that's what we're going to do. And it totally turned around Crown Dodge. Within six weeks, they promoted me to Crown Honda Volvo because we were out selling the Honda store, and they were like, they, we can't have this for the Dodge store. So they, because we were selling so many cars, and it wasn't why we were doing it. We changed what we were doing. And what we were doing then was instead of going out there and trying to sell cars, we went out there and tried to help people. So, Al... I'm, I'm sure God has you in a completely different place than that. You know, he does. And when we talk about that clip, um, that does strike a chord with me because when he says, I was finally my father's son again, that just touches me. And I remember the first time I ever taught a Sunday school lesson, it was so horrible. I stuttered. I read. I read most of it. I didn't teach anything. But I remember the first time I, I taught and I let the Holy Spirit work through me. After it was over, man, I was just emotional. I was just in tears because, you know, it just, I, I felt the Holy Spirit and I never felt that before. And that's where I, I like to be 
when I teach. I want I want the Holy Spirit to work through me. If I have to go off topic and go in a different direction, I don't care as long as he's working through me. And when I do a lesson and it goes according to plan, I rarely feel that. Yeah, and we have heard you go off topic many a time. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you, Al. You know, for me, I'm in a totally different place right now than I've been when I've heard this clip in the past. And I think some of it has to do with a week ago today, I came back from Guatemala. And me and my family had the opportunity to go down with some great people and do a medical missions trip. And, and it was a great trip. I saw some wonderful things and saw God work in so many ways. And, and he stretched my faith. He stretched me out of my comfort zone. I saw lots of things. And, but I've really struggled since I came back with, as Robbie kind of said, almost a Solomon thing. What's the point? Not the point of the mission trip. It was a great trip. We helped 400 people. God did with just open up. Uh, donations of, of pharma, pharmaceuticals for people and all these things and saw the work. But for me, it was, why am I doing what I'm doing? At the end of the day, am I doing it because it makes me feel good? Am I doing it because I want to look better somehow? Or am I doing it to move closer to God? And if I'm not doing it to move closer to God, then why am I really even doing it? And I should have went on the mission trip, and I'm glad I went. But I think for this clip, God is trying to say, you know, I want to remind you of some things. right? Jerry Maguire's clip there, obviously he had an adventure that he went on. He never planned to be a sports agent. And he kind of went on this adventure, and he got there, and then he kind of lost sight a little bit. Not that he was doing anything bad or wrong. He just lost, lost sight of that passion. He lost sight of that thing that brought him to be his father's son again. And I think that's where God kind of has me. He's got me at a, a Jerry Maguire moment almost because I'm not as smart as Solomon. And I think I might be smarter than Tom Cruise. I really don't know. <laughs> 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 that's just, I'm just, you know, thinking, uh, speculating. You have your moments. I have my moments, but uh, and, uh, he may be brilliant. I'm not sure. But um, I think that's where God kind of has me with that clip is, Sam, I want you to remember some things. And honestly, as I've been sitting here talking with you guys tonight and over the phone this week, one of the things that kind of came clear to me that was different about the trip to Guatemala, we had a very specific purpose. We were there to do medical missions. We were there to play with some severely disabled kids, you know, which did stretch me in lots of ways. But you knew every day there was a, a point. And maybe part of it's getting back and just saying, okay, what's the point today? You know, and maybe that's just prayer. It's getting back in with God and saying, okay, God, where are we going today? I'm sorry for the long dialogue, but that's really where my heart's at. And it's not a bad place. It's just a totally different place for me. And admittedly, I've never been on a missions trip before. And so maybe there's something on the backside of that I'm experiencing that I didn't expect. That blows me away. I mean, to hear you speak about it in that way, you know, and for those of you who don't know, Sam's really our fearless leader. And so it's okay for a leader, whether it be in the workplace, at the home, or in a ministry, to be searching, to be seeking Father. And, and Robbie, you, you've experienced this yourself. You know, we go through these periods. It's an ebb and flow where we get close, and then we realize we need to get closer, which means that we're not close enough. And, and so we seek to go further um, still. No. So... So how do you go further? What today, you know, you guys kind of shared before we came in, um, 
you know, God's taken you on some adventures. And, and God's had me on some really, really great things, and he's doing that in my life. There's nothing that I don't enjoy doing in ministry that he has me doing right now. But I'm looking in the mirror and saying, where am I letting that take me closer to God? Where am I truly seeking him with all my heart? I learn something out of every show we prepare. You know, God moves me closer to him. But, but I really want to feel that feeling of being my father's son in a very, very clear way. And that name is, is Hashem in the you know, Orthodox Jewish way. Is Are we doing it for the name that Hashem has given us, or are we doing it to make our own name, as they did in the Tower of Babylon? And so there lies a big question that we're going to attempt to try to unravel as we come back with a lot of other things as well. We've got a lot more coming, so stay with us. I thought I was too old. I thought I was too young. I didn't think I had what it takes. How'd I find the time? I went into a music store and tried some percussion. Keyboard. Guitar. Bass. Ukulele. And before I knew it, I could actually play a song. Why make excuses when you can make music? Just Play. This message brought to you by the NAM Foundation. Okay, Sarah, I'm dropping you at Emily's, and Josh, you're going to soccer, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, and by the way, when I pick you up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, me and my short shorts doing my daddy dance. Your friends will love it. No! Well, I might change my mind if you buckle your seatbelts. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Whatever it takes, keep them safe. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. So the big question there, and we had a couple versions of this song we could have played, and I'm going to tee that up here in just a second and let you hear the other version, because maybe you don't like that type of music, and honestly, I didn't really like seeing Al dance <laughs> during that part of the music. I did that to get that taste in your mouth. Okay. Well, let's let's listen to this, and I love that, that upbeat thing, but let's listen to this a little bit for just a few seconds of the song, the same song done a little bit different way. Do I do what I do for approval? Do I do it because I'm afraid That if I am met with refusal Of all the other things I have made That I would not be worth one single Breath or the smallest thought and you can imagine it continues to go on. It's it's not as upbeat, obviously. <laughs> it's a guy sitting on his bed singing into YouTube. But I mean, if you saw it, you know, but here's the deal. The guy is really trying to get meaning to his life. He's trying to understand why I'm here. And and similar to what, what you had said a little while ago, Sam, that Solomon found himself there in the book of Ecclesiastes is manity, vanity. Why am I, you know? What is it all vanity? What is the purpose of so many things? And those are really wonderful, deep questions. And I, as I was saying, I was going through the book of Genesis in that Orthodox Jewish Bible, and I came across that little thing there where it said that the people of Babylon wanted to make a Shem for themselves. Now, God's name is Hashem, meaning the name. But when I saw that Shem for themselves, if, if you listen to our show uh, often, you know 
we're, we're really excited about the new name that God's going to give us in Revelation 2.17. And so as soon as I saw that, wow, they were going to make a name for themselves. And so if they were making a name for themselves, they wouldn't be becoming the name that God has for them on the white stone that we're going to get in Revelation 2.17. And so it's kind of put me right there, and I was kind of like the kid on the bed on YouTube going, okay, God, am I doing this right now? You know, radio shows, et cetera. Am I doing this to make a name for myself? Or am I doing this to become what you call me, what it is that you designed me to be, what what your name is? And and it's a really cool thing. I, I it's a it's a great place to be because it takes you into his arms. It, it is, and it's just a unique place for me. Normally in my relationship with God, I can ask him some things, we can, I can pray about it for a few days and and normally he will give me some type of a reply or a breakthrough that's really obvious. And this time he's choosing not to. I'm learning lots of things, you know, and maybe that's the point. And it's taking me back to him every step of the way. You know, and I, you'd think that I find it frustrating. I really don't. Well, I do. I want to get to the conclusion. You know, I'm always about the finish, right? But no, I am also really enjoying the, the, the trip through it. And we're not the only ones at times that struggle with having an answer of why do I do what I do? Why, what do I want to do? You know, I'm 52 years old. I'm still not sure what I want to be when I grow up. Because my, my, my wife would tell you I'm truly not very grown up at times. But we're going to listen we to we're going to listen to a clip, and now I'd like for you to tell us a little about a little bit about this clip. We're going to come back and talk more about it. This is uh, from the movie Say Anything, and uh, John Cusack's character has been pursuing this girl. He he's fallen in love with her. It's their senior year; they they're about to graduate, and he finally gets a chance to go on a date with her, and he goes to have dinner with her and her father and some of his friends, and so they're trying to get to know this prospective suitor for his daughter. What are your plans for the future? Spend as much time possible with Diane before uh, she leaves? Seriously, Lloyd. I'm totally and completely serious. No, really. You mean my career? Um, I don't know. I've, I've <clears throat> thought about this quite a bit, sir. And I, I would have to say, considering what's waiting out there for me, I don't want to sell anything buy anything or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So uh, my father's in the Army. He wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. Um, So what I've been doing lately is kickboxing, which is a uh, new sport, but I think it's Got a good future. As far as career longevity, I don't really know because, you know, you can't really tell. You're and six as a fighter, you know. It's no good. You know, you have to be great. But I can't really tell if I'm great until I've had a couple of pro fights. But I haven't been knocked down yet. I don't know. I can't figure it all out tonight, so I'm just going to hang with your daughter. So, Al, this was a clip that you, you had picked, and, and I want you to be the first one to talk about why. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people who's very organized. I have a plan as a project manager. Everything's really set up for me weeks in advance. But when it comes to 
ministry when it comes to father, you know, it's his will. I, I completely surrender. My wife will tell you, I absolutely don't like change. I want to know exactly what we're doing when we're doing it. But I love the fact that when he, when we think about ministry, this is something I relate to. He doesn't want anything sold, bought, or processed. You know, he wants it authentic. He wants something real, something that matters. And that's the way I feel about ministry. And, you know, Robbie and I were talking. It does kind of sound like a cop-out, like, you know, what makes me come alive? I do love family ministry. I do love men's ministry because those are issues that I've uh, I've encountered and I've struggled with. But, you know, for instance, I was asked to to teach in the children's ministry one Sunday. I'm excited about it. You know, to me, that just, you know, it's an opportunity. So that's why I like that, because that's the only place I'm really flexible. So, Robbie, I know this clip, as you heard it, you heard something completely different. (laughs) And thank you, Al. I mean, that makes perfect sense for the most part. No, it makes (laughs) it makes perfect sense. And thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) But, Robbie, yeah, that spoke something different to you. Yeah, I, you know, for somebody who spent most of his life buying and selling stuff that was processed, <laughs> it, was, it was essentially, well, what's, you know, is, is it demeaning uh, to do something like that? And I understand that there's a young man there who obviously was confronted with why is it that I do kickboxing mm-hmm. as, as opposed to some of these other things. And, and, and so he was kind of put on the spot. And this is, this is his way of saying this is where my struggle is. Mm-hmm. And, and I see the on this, you know, I've listened to it now enough that I can get over the fact that, this, you know, if this guy was dating my daughter, I'd be, whoa, this is not good. <laughs> you took a couple of kicks to the head, obviously. Yeah. And, and, and I've known a lot of people that, that the other place that speaks to me, Sam, is a lot of people that say, well, you know, I don't, selling has this demeaning aspect to it. And if the idea is manipulation, yes, it's demeaning. And if, if what you're doing is pitching, you know, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, then that by all means is not. But if what you're doing is actually helping people through a decision process, that's something that they really need in life uh, in order to, you know, get to where God has for them, whether that's finding Christ or whatever, then that's a really critical role that God may have for you and may have a special place for you. So there's a lot of, you know, any car salesman that's ever lived is probably like a lawyer. You're sick of the car salesman jokes and, you know, of, of people demeaning what it is that you do for a living. I can see that. I can see that. I've never experienced that, but I, I can see that. <laughs> You've never been a used car salesman. I never have. And when I picked the clip, I, I really had no thought of used <laughs> cars no or anything. <laughs> with, I was thinking about ministry. What does this speak in, in uh, relation to ministry? Right. So... That's, that, that, that was, not, there I was like, nothing about the Christian so, car guy. Like you say, after I've listened to, and I've heard and I've said, okay, here's where this is. And that's authentic for him because he can relate to that. And yeah. I understand. As I listen to it, I, I hear something even different than that. I listen to that clip and I think, okay, I understand he wants authenticity. Right. And that's really what my heart's calling for. But he's putting a limiter on what he will and he won't do. And I don't think that that's what God calls us to do. Because we can all sit and share other stories of where God took us to a place that we didn't think we were going to enjoy it. We didn't really even want to be there. But through the midst of it and moving past all that, you found life you didn't know existed on the other side. And I think that when you look at that John Cusack character, and he's 19 at the time, and you can kind of get that, or 18, but we can't have that personality. We can't have that mindset 
for our whole life or we're going to miss out on a lot of the cool things God has for us. And so although I understand the desire for authenticity, we can't be close-minded to what God has in store for us and walk in that, that vein with him. Wow, that is awesome, Sam. I agree. Uh, not it, it, in that I don't know how many times I've put that limiter on God's. I, you know, there's certain things that, you know, I don't do windows. Yeah. <laughs> but often you find yourself that doing windows was the funnest thing of the, of the whole deal. Yeah. Recently, you know, going to Guatemala um, for the medical missions. I'm not a medical person. My wife is. Al, your, your wife went and she did an awesome job. She was incredible what she did and I watched those ladies and and the men that were in from the medical mission field just re, or field really just get into that for me it was it was kind of a tag along you know I built houses you know <laughs> it's I don't know a lot about medical I can put a band-aid on God chose to put me in the pharmacy which is really kind of funny but the, the and I enjoyed it and I learned a lot about medicine but what I didn't expect is I w- when I went and I was playing with some of the kids and not the little kids everybody went to the little kids you know, we, we, play, we went to a couple different places, but one of the places we went was to Hermano Pedro, which is a national hospital for severely disabled kids and also kind of an orphanage, right? They go there to live. And so all these people went down to play with the little kids. And for whatever reason, God wanted me to stay in this group of people that I really wasn't comfortable with. They were older kids, early teens, some up to like mid-teens. But they all, I think the majority of them had cere- cerebral palsy. And so initially you'd walk up to somebody and you'd start to talk to them and there would be no response. And you're thinking, okay, what am I doing? And the more you talk to them, the more you'd see them start to come alive. And there's this one girl um, that I was talking with and she was just sitting there staring at me. And, and as I started to talk to her more, she reached out and kind of grabbed my hand. And then I could see her start to smile a little bit. And then she put her fingers in her mouth and smacked me all over the face. And so for me, I had all this saliva over me, which made me really uncomfortable. But really what I found was I saw her come alive with the touch of love. And man, that became infectious. That was something that I didn't want to go do. But God said, no, I want you to go do that because you're going to gain something through that. And that's what I really want you guys to do. No matter where you are today in this journey, maybe it's really clear what God has for you enter into that with all the gusto and if you're not sure that's okay too just be willing to go where he takes you because he's going to take you exactly where you need to be and it's okay if you don't have the answers even if you're in leadership or not walk with him and he'll not lead you astray thanks for listening